0: they can't go on. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 10th of June, 2013. Newcomers, please look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and help yourself to the audios there for free download, where I go through the system that we're born into, the one we take for granted because everyone else does too. Your parents did before you. And this goes back a long ways. We're living in a, a kind of controlled scientific system, you might say, where uh, the organizations that set themselves up a hundred years ago with big front foundations, multi-trillion dollar foundations, which call themselves a parallel government, by the way, and even put their own members into government positions, top ones, of course, uh, set up to take over the world and, and to direct the world into what they call a new world order. There's many new world orders and each, each one's a phase of it. After World War II, there was a world order in the Soviet system, and the Cold War, another world order, and now we're in the, the global world orders. You go for broke, basically, to bring in free trade across the world and trading blocks, and then eventually to to get rid of national sovereignty in these trading blocks, like Europe's ha- uh, doing right now, and then to go into a global society with a global government altogether. And we're simply living through the, these different stages because those who've controlled the past do control the present and the future. They always make sure it happens the way they want it to happen since they have the power uh, and the money and the wealth and they're in the, the positions of power as well. So find out how it happens and see it cutting through com. Remember to you bring me to you. I'm not in here. This this, is what I do for for any kind of business, but I do need your help in keeping donations coming or buying the books and discs at cutting through com to keep it going because it's expensive. And, um, Facts are hard to to swallow at times because most folk when they realize they've been conned most of their life. Uh, tend to think into the paranormal it must be paranormal or something or ETs or whatever because people aren't bright enough to pull over my eyes well nothing is so far from the truth they're very very bright indeed always have been very bright and if you go into the writings of Machiavelli and long before him too to the ancient Greece you find out the arts of controlling whole populations are very old indeed and very precise and today they're is astronomical with the power with the internet, television everyone's getting the same news across the world at the same time, and it's easy to give everyone the standardized standardised news, authorized opinions, which become your opinions. Control has always been the factor of power. It, it rests on control. So as I say, you can buy the books from this according to and from the US to Canada, you can still use personal checks, or you can use international postal money orders. You can send use PayPal or send cash across the world, Western Union, Monogram, and PayPal. And straight to the nations are really seriously welcome. But as I say, we're, we're going through tremendous changes, societal changes. We're going through perpetual cultural revolutions, uh, lots of uh, revolutions for, since the 1960s, even before it, in fact. Uh, Hollywood, of course, directs the culture that people copy and follow. They're always in the avant-garde. And many, many books have been written from insiders and Hollywood, itself, explaining this kind of format and how it works. And you can go back into the, the old communists of the 1800s and find out that people like Greco and the other ones, taught, or Gramsci I should say, talked about taking over the culture. You could actually forget about the politicians, if you took the culture over gradually, then those who went into the politics would already be contaminated with your ideas. And that's how it really works today. We're, we're always told it's for freedom and so on, but it's the same old, old agenda, the destruction of the basic principles or fabric of society, things that help people as individuals live and sustain themselves for thousands of years, which was basically the family unit, or the tribal unit even, the extended family. And H.G. Wells and others have gone through this whole process, that once we abolish all of this, then the state will be in supreme command. And when they come for you, there's no one to stand up on your behalf, just yourself. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about Basically, the big news today, of course, is this internet security and all this is spying on the public. Why is it big news? Because they've been telling us in the mainstream for many, many years about all the laws coming out every darn year across the whole world to do with cybersecurity, spying on the public and so on. And you can't have peace and security and all the rest of it and freedom at the same time. That was one of the first things they said after 9-11. And, but you give up your, 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 your security for, and, and freedom and so on, or freedom for security. And that's happening still today, as we all well know. We are uh, basically the, the people under the microscope. Everybody is, if you're using any electronics whatsoever, everything's got chips in them and so on. And back in the 90s, in fact, before 9-11 happened, the US and Canada passed a law, so that every device had to have a chip in it that was accessible by every communications device, including your phones, a chip accessible by security agencies. So it's a, I don't understand why they're making this suddenly news today. It really is odd or something else is going on, obviously. All else it's just getting us more and more familiar with the idea that there is no privacy at all. A lot of folk already accept that. And you can see that everywhere you go, even supermarkets are asked for data when they're applying for cars. There's a whole queue of people behind them, and they spout off all their personal information in front of you. It's astonishing what's happened today, and that's normalisation as we adapt into the new system. Young folk think it's all quite natural because all their peer group are, are using the same apps and so on they're using, and they think nothing at all but sharing all their personal stuff. It's encouraged at school too. So, what can you say? Anyway, says so the National Security Agency and the FBI are tapping directly into central service of nine leading U.S. Internet companies, extracting audio and video chats, photographs, emails, documents, and connection logs, that enable the analysts to track foreign targets, according to top-secret documents obtained by the Washington Post. Now, we've had many, many, many articles, as I say, and we've read them even on the air here in the past years, to do with uh, them spying on people at home as well, within their own countries. And they're talking about PRISM, like it's a brand new thing. They'll, they'll give, us, give us new names that we can get really run away with and, and, and prattle about PRISM. It's a new one, right? so maybe the first of its kind. The NSA prides itself on stealing secrets and breaking codes, and it's accustomed to corporate partnerships that help it divert t- uh, data traffic or sidestep barriers. But there's never been a Google or Facebook before, and it's unlikely there, there are richer troves of viable intelligence than the ones in Silicon Valley, it says. And... Um, this is uh, equally unusual in the way that the NSA extracts what it wants, according to document collection directly from the service of those U.S. service providers, Microsoft, Yahoo, Google, Facebook, uh, PowerTalk, AOL, Skype, YouTube, and Apple. London's Guardian newspaper reported Friday that GCHQ, Britain's equivalent of the NSA, has also been secretly gathering intelligence from the same Internet companies through an operation set up by the NSA. The NSA in Britain and Britain uh, and all the other British Commonwealth companies have, have, have had a complete integration since about the 1960s. Folks. And, and it's never changed. They, 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 even before, in this fact, back in the 60s in fact, they had operations, operating stations across the whole world and Pacific Islands and everything. And really transfer systems, massive antenna arrays and so on. Across the whole planet. And it's worse today. Anyway, getting back to this document, it says according to documents obtained by the Guardian, Prism would appear to allow GCHQ to, to circumvent the formal legal processes required in Britain to seek personal materials such as emails, photos and videos. When's that ever stopped him? Huh? And since Prism was launched from the ashes of President George Bush's secret programme of warrantless domestic surveillance in two thousand and seven after news media disclosures and lawsuits in the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court forced the President to look for a new authority. Congress obliged with the Protect America Act in 2007, very Orwellian, a Protect America, and the FISA, F-I-S-A Amendments Act of 2008, which immunized private companies that cooperate voluntarily with the U.S. intelligence collection. Prism recruited its first partner, Microsoft, that's why they created Microsoft, by the way, and began six years of rapidly growing data collection beneath the surfaces of a rolling national debate on surveillance and privacy. Late last year, when critics in Congress sought changes in the FISA Amendments Act, the only lawmakers who knew about Prism were bound by oaths of office to hold their tongues. The court-approved program is focused on foreign communications traffic, which often flows through U.S. servers, even when sent from one overseas location to another. Between 2004 and 7, Bush administration lawyers persuaded federal FISA judges to issue surveillance orders in a fundamentally new form. Until, the government, until then, the government had to show probable cause that a particular target and facility were both connected to terrorism or espionage and four new orders which mean classified. The court defined massive data sets as facilities and agreed to certify periodically that the government had reasonable procedures in place to minimize collection of U.S. persons' uh, data without a warrant. So it goes on and on and on. And I, I really wonder what all this fuss is about, because there's nothing new in this at all. And they keep adding more and more laws to give themselves more and more rights at the government level and the agency's level. Apart from that, I don't think any single country can possibly uh, keep anything secret at all with with information age and and with the the, the abilities of every country to hack another. So therefore, they're all in it together. That's what they would naturally do. we would compromise and come to agreements to share everything. And that's what you have today at the top. And also, too, the, the main reason it's all coming out at the moment is because Edward Snowden came out, apparently, he leaked information about the prism. And it says here that um, the ex-CIA employees said he acted to protect basic liberties for people around the world by leaking the documents. Uh, Snowden, 29, was revealed as the source of the leaks at his own request by the UK's Guardian newspaper. Mr. Snowden, who says he's fled to Hong Kong, said he had an obligation to help free people from oppression. It emerged last week the U.S. agency were gathering millions of phone records and monitoring Internet data. Everyone's getting monitored. Even if you're doing nothing at all, except prattling. They've got it all, and they keep it forever. It says, spokesman for the U.S. Office of the Director of National Intelligence said the case had been referred to the Department of Justice as a criminal matter. You will never be safe, it says. The revelations have caused transatlantic political fallout and allegations that the U.K.'s electronic surveillance agency, GCHQ, used the U.S. system to snoop on British citizens. As I say, they're all sharing the same systems. And then you have the guys manufacturing the stuff too. Uh, a lot of it comes from Israel. I read the article last week from, from the paper where two companies, Israeli really companies connected with the Mossad were working with the NSA and selling them the gear, which they're using. So, you know, who's, who's in control here? And then, um, another article too is this Snowden, the whistleblower behind the NSA scientific revelations from the Guardian. I'll put that up too. And then another one to do with um, uh, what's happening even in Canada Canada's quite interesting at the moment Because there's some stuff coming out in Canada uh, And it, this is from the Toronto Star And it says there is no border uh, The way telecommunications traffic is routed in North America The fact of the matter is about 90% of Canadian traffic No one really knows the exact number Of course they do It's routed through the United States It's mostly an economic issue rather than a security issue at a baseline level When the telecom carriers and wireless service providers steer their traffic, they look for the cheapest possible route to transfer data between them. Internet exchange points are critical, but this is where traffic is passed between the companies, and we only have two internet exchange points in Canada. There's one in Vancouver and one in Toronto. As a consequence, even an email sent within the city of Toronto most likely would transit to Chicago before being routed back to Toronto. And that's simply a matter of economics, to say, which is not true at all. Because I've read through the, 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 the NAFTA ongoing deals that they made and they talked about complete, utter sharing of all data on Canadian citizens with the U.S. and the NSA. That was a few years ago. So there's, a, there's also the spying purpose as well, not just economics at all. It says, but, but security enters into it in a number of ways. It's well known now before the revelations came to light, going back to Mark Klein whistleblower case in 2006... But the NSA had set up special eavesdropping facilities and equipment in major area exchange points in the U.S. At least two were brought up by Mark Klein, which led to lawsuits by the Electronic Frontier Foundation against Verizon AT&T. These lawsuits were later dismissed when President George Bush gave these companies retroactive immunity in 2008 from liabilities for essentially violating their own terms of service and participating in, at that time, extrajudicial surveillance. The other component of the borderless nature of all this is that what happened in Canada is a national security agency in the United States, and Canada's counterpart called the Communication Security Establishment Canada, is CSEC. And so CSCC happens to be building a $900 million new complex right next to CSIS headquarters in Ottawa. That's a Canadian Security and Intelligence Service. Interesting too, in an article I put tonight too, that the oversee group, the overseer group for the CSIS, the watchdogs for them, the head guy ran off with millions of dollars down to Venezuela about two weeks ago. And they arrested him down there. This is your security system. Anyway, it here, it's massive, it's a new building, $900 million complex. Since I was at Assises a month ago an hour and a half ago and glanced at the window and looked to be an airport terminal being built. Now, most Canadians have never heard of CSEC. It operates under the Department of Defense until recently when it became its own federal agency. Oversight of CSEC is really thin compared to even the oversight that takes place at the NSA. As one retired judge with staff that issue an annual review, and in all the years they've been doing reviews have never once found a single problem with CSEC. Of course, CSEC is restricted, prohibited from collecting data on Canadians as a primary focus, but allowed to collect information that includes Canadians in the communications where they're targeting foreign personnel. As it's important to understand that CSEC and the NSA have a long-standing historical relationship, they're essentially twinned agencies. Twinned agencies. CSEC operates very much in conjunction and coordination with the National Security Agency. Some have speculated that the reason that these two agencies, and in fact the reason that all the five i's as they are called, which is New Zealand, Australia, the UK and the US and Canada, operate in this manner so they can evade the domestic laws that prohibit them from collecting communication on domestic citizens. In other words, they share the stuff they're picking up by eavesdropping on each other with the primary target back with more after this hi folks we 're back cutting into the matrix, reading an article about uh, the Canadian uh, version of the NSA, which actually is, is joined at the hip or the mainframe, you might say, with the NSA because they all share the same data on all of us. And that's all part of the agreements they've been signing for years under the ongoing NAFTA deal, by the way. And said here, too, that the budget from the, for the SCSEC has more than doubled since 911, and has come at a time when the Korean government is cutting back agencies. CDA has been eliminated and DFAIT's closing embassy embassies around the place. This is the money is all going to the spooks, to the spy agencies. The key thing is here, Canadians should demand greater accountability. To be absolutely clear, we need defence and intelligence. The world's dangerous and so on. It's not a question of that. It's a question of basic checks and balances in a liberal democracy. It's a question of preventing the abuse and concentration of power. Well, they've had the concentration forever of power here. It says, as old in ancient as Greece, under de Tocqueville, uh, Publius, and the founding fathers of the United States. And we're losing sight of that in the headlong rush to secure cyberspace. Uh, and it's also, too, to do with big, big money. That's what it's up to do about folks, too. Big money. Who gets the deals? Remember, knowledge is power. And those who can listen on and everybody else has got an awful lot of power. And blackmailable power as well, by the way. Of course it has. And don't think they're not using that. Also, too, one of the the key pins in Britain to do with global warming and so on, one of the big alarmists is Tim Yeo, and it says that Tim Yeo now is to step aside amid an investigation into lobbying allegations. And it says here that um, the senior Tory MP, Tim Yeo, will stand down Tuesday as chairman of the Influential Commons Committee amid allegations he used his position to help business clients. Mr. Yu, a former minister, said he would tell colleagues on the Energy and Climate Change Committee that he was stepping aside temporarily while the claims are investigated. His announcements came hours after Labour said it was difficult to see how he can continue until the inquiry is completed. His move follows secret filming by undercover newspaper reports posing as reps of a fictitious energy firm. The MP appears to suggest he coached a businessman to say to his committee and to talk uh, of his close relationship to keep. Players in the energy markets. Mr. Yeo strongly denies the claims and was referred to himself to the Parliamentary Standards Commissioner, Catherine Hudson. He said he was stepping down solely to ensure the smooth running of the committee during the next few weeks. And what he basically said was he would lobby in private for them, as this is what it turns out to be. But, you know, this is what government's all about, folks. Forget all the dramas you watch on TV. Remember, a thing you watch on television is propaganda, especially fiction. It's always been that way. When you look at the old plays they put on in theatres in the 1800s in Britain, uh, most of them were due with war across across over there somewhere uh, and fighting what they called fuzzy wuzzies in Africa. I'm not, not kidding, that's what they, they did. And, and the brave man going off, it was generally a, a, a captain or whatever, an officer class. And, and that's all propaganda to get guys' enthusiastic to join up and go off and be part of the empire. And then, once uh, television came in or movies came in, they went to town right away, uh, making stacks and stacks of propaganda movies for World War One and two and on and on and went to the present time. But remember too that jack's uh, alo who's a philosopher he 's dead now, but he he also said the same thing he says that everything on television, especially to do with police dramas. And uh, medical dramas, we get really into the how how upright these doctors are and how the conscience is is all complete propaganda. Same with when you see something about governments and how they're they're worrying about pressing things and they're all working hard to save the country. Propaganda folks. Governments attract one type of people down through the ages, and it's a psychopath because that's where the big big money is, the honey pot, and every politician knows very very quickly. Even when they're starting to do charitable works, so that's how they get up through these different charitable organizations into politics. They're vetted the whole way to see the right stuff, you see, and keep their mouths shut at the right time. And they know that that uh, once they get into politics, they'll be lobbied like crazy. They'll be well paid off once they, they leave politics. And, I, and if they stay in for five years, they get a, they get a lifelong pension. Not bad, eh? And if they get up near the top, they can start uh, getting their, their books ghostwritten for them and, and they'll get millions of dollars in advance depending on how much they did for the big boys that run the world financially. That's how the world really is. It's all power. It's all to do with power. There's no statesman anymore. This is gone. Long ago. And even Carl Quigley talked about that and he was all for this new system. With the, with the Ross Institute of International Affairs, comes of foreign relations, he was a historian. He said that that the problem today, he says, is, is going to be a, a phase where the rising new middle classes, the ones that came up from the ground, who don't have the old school tie and the old wealth of the families, he says, they'll be the greediest people on earth. He even mentioned medicine has been one of the areas that we're flooding into, and he says it'll, it'll be so expensive no one can afford it eventually. Well, we're pretty well there. But he also said they will be the banking and all the different institutions that deal with money And, and we'll all end up bankrupt So he was right in that, that, that aspect of it too Power is, is what runs the world And those who get a hold of power, believe you me uh, Will do anything to keep it Anything at all to keep it Most horrendous things too, doesn't matter to them Psychopaths have no conscience and unfortunately the ones who go into politics are, are are generally very likeable people Because they're born actors Born actors They feel nothing But they know how they're supposed to respond What you expect to see They don't understand why but it's not works on you And I've done articles before About that too Political Ponerology is a great book to read Excellent book Back with more after this You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting to the Matrix, and... I really do suspect the media is up to something or they've been given their orders because I've noticed a complete change in the kind of stories that come out from them, even since the Levinson Inquiry and the laws that came out to do with what they can report on, no personal opinions and stuff like that. Australia did it two cars in the same boat. So the whole world went into action at the same time to give us minimal type of news. So when they get something that's kind of newsworthy, they go overboard with it to an extent or else they mislead you and distract you from what's really happening in the world is that like the Bilderberg conference going on has turned into a circus it really has I mean, people dressed like clowns turning up to it now That the standard old stuff you would see in the Cold War against the bombs everybody in, in, in a unicycle would turn up at the darn thing too which makes a kind of circus day out of the whole thing not bad if you have a big picnic or something but the fact is the Bilderbergs really are simply parts, big parts of course of the Royal Institute for International Affairs If you don't understand what they are, you'll know nothing about what's happening because they set themselves up a hundred years ago to set up these trading blocks, to set up that the countries would amalgamate together. They set up, they drafted up the whole European Union agreement. They drafted up the NAFTA agreement with the American branch, which is called the Council on Foreign Relations. And they've got a trilateral commission that's a part of it And, and so on. So all these things are part of the one institution that was set up by international private bankers. Hundred years ago in London, England, and the house was set up and was was Chatham House. So Chatham House rules. They call all these different meetings they go to uh, apply, including the one at the Bilderberg meeting. They're not allowed to say what they're talking about. Now Chatham House also during World War Two, because already was, you see, the British Secret Service. Already was. Also, the British Secret Service. And during World War Two, it turned into the, the headquarters of the OSS. which At the end of the war, it turned into the, to, to the MI6 and, and CIA for the US. And it still runs the world today. And most of the guys who belong to it in some kind of spook capacity are in the, all the media. And in television, you're the guys that even write your history books for your children, said Winston Churchill... That's how we run, folks. Forget your democracy and all that kind of stuff. That's how we really run. Always will be, too, as long as financial systems run the world. Of course it will. Now, this article here is interesting, too, because part of the Revolution of International Affairs deal 100 years ago was to get the world into wars. World wars, they said, they were necessary to bring countries to their knees through debt, and the loss of life and so on, destruction, to give up sovereignty, then they would blend them into trading blocks under single governments for each block. And it's still going on today with the United Nations. They created the United Nations, the same group. But, the, but they're still going on with it today. Even when it's not, nothing works, they'll bankrupt everybody in the planet rather than give up with this, this incredible plan of theirs. And it says, leaked drafts versions of the EU that European negotiating mandate for transatlantic trade negotiations contain dangerous new rights for corporations, warns a campaigner. On Friday, the European trade ministers are expected to approve the European Union's negotiating mandate for a far-reaching free trade agreement with the United States. Now, you can go back into Carl Quigley's writings, the Anglo-American establishment, for instance, and he wrote them in the 60s, 1960s. And he said that, um, that the, first of all, they created a united Europe, which is well underway in his day back then, in secret. And the whole idea was to completely merge the countries and then dissolve national sovereignty altogether. And then once that trade block up and working, they would then have the same thing underway in the U.S., Canada, and Latin American countries. And the Caribbean as well. That's called NAFTA today. And then once that's done, they they, they join them to the hip again through a trade deal. And once the three ones of the whole world, the safari Pacific rim region up and and running too, then they they merge them all together. Then they set up world government, which they called governance, world governance. They prefer that term. It sounds better to us. So anyway, here they're still going again with the second part of it here. So they're going to to approve the European Union's negotiating mandate for a far-reaching free trade agreement with the U.S., the draft versions of the mandate revealed the European Commission's plans to enshrine more powers for corporations in the deal. Now, Carl Quigley, the historian for that, uh, for, for the CFR, Royal Institute International Affairs, said that they're bringing in a new feudal system. He was all for it, too. And the new feudal system, he says, will be run with the overlords who are the CEOs of g- giant international corporations. So here you have the commission, this, this unelected commission, European Commission, it's not democratic. Plans to enshrine more powers for corporations in the deal. That's it again. As a result, the EU member states soon find domestic laws to protect the public interest challenged in secretive offshore tribunals where national laws have no weight and politicians no powers to intervene. The Commission's proposal for investor state dispute settlement under the proposed trade deal would enable American companies investing in our continent to skirt European courts and directly challenge EU governments at international tribunals whenever they find that laws in the area of public health, environment or social protection interfere with their profits. European companies investing abroad would have the same privilege in the US. Such far-reaching investor rights would bring a corporate litigation boom that have so far mainly affected developing countries to the US and Europe. Investor-state disputes have risen 13-fold from a few dozen cases in the mid-1990s to 514 cases by the end of 2012, often involving millions of dollars and regularly undermining democratic policies. And This is in both Uruguay and Australia. U.S.-based tobacco giant Philip Morris has sued over health warnings and cigarette package, packets. A Swedish energy multinational uh, Vattenfall is seeking $3.7 billion from Germany, following a democratic decision to phase out nuclear energy. And American company Lone Pine is suing Canada for $250 million U.S. over a, a moratorium on controversial shale gas extraction or fracking in Quebec. So, litigation is a big, big part of this new world order, as you know. And if you want to know who runs it, look at money and look at litigation lawyers and so on. So sometimes the mere threat of a claim or a submission has been enough for legislation to be abandoned or, want or watered down. In other cases, tribunals, ad hoc three-member panels hired from a small club of private lawyers, riddled with conflicts of interest, have granted billions of euros to companies, paid out, tax, out of taxpayers' pockets. The tremendous volume of transatlantic investments hints at the enormous risk of investor-state dispute settlements rights under the proposed EU-US free trade deal. Both partners make up for more than half a foreign direct investment in each other's economies. And this is quite a long article, and you all. But the fact is, I mean, uh, we're going to get screwed again for, for billions of bucks. This is going to get awarded to various private companies as they, they all sue nations. The Sioux Nations, it's already happening in the EU, has been for years in the EU, and the, the nation pays up all these different fines, as, as they call them, from your tax money. And, and that this, this in itself is a business, you understand. The whole legal system is one incredible, huge business. Why, why, why get a corporation going and actually make things? Why not pretend you're going to start making things just like the con of all the eco stuff that's going on right now that always go bankrupt just get massive grants given at you and then sue the country for not allowing you to to, to, to get the, your stuff in there not a bad way to do it why, why bother making anything? you get money for nothing now in Latin America there's been many articles coming out over the years about the drugs down there of course massive drug trade in the world and I can remember back in the, the 80s and 90s there articles in the mainstream papers in Canada talking about the fact that if the RCMP in Canada were clamped down in the banks uh, that were accepting drug money, they'd all collapse. And it, it wasn't joking either. But it's the same across the US and everywhere else today. Big, big money. And you'll find those who rule the legal system of cash also run the underworld of cash as well. That's how it's always been. And... Israel has been involved, of course, in Latin America for a long time too. Different agents have been down there have mentioned the fact that they've met Mossad agents down in in Colombia and places, and uh, special forces from different countries and so on. Every country's got their finger in the pie in in big drug money. It says, Israel and Colombia sign a free trade agreement. Interesting, eh? And it says, uh, Israel and Colombia entered a free trade agreement Monday. The result of negotiations begun in 2011. The document was signed by Economy and Trade Minister uh, Naftali Bennett and Colombian Industry and Tourism Minister Sergio Diaz Granados in the presence of President Shimon Peres and Colombia President Juan uh, Manuel Santos at the President's residence in Jerusalem. Well, the thing is, too, is to do with this of reduced tariffs, of course, on industrial and agricultural products. Well, I've other articles here to see whether they're going to really sell them, but they've been selling them stuff for years. Israel is going to supply them with lots of drones. And they'll get rid of all the competition in the drug trade, you see. So the big boys that authorized drug traders can, can eliminate all the small guys planting stuff out in the Bunni somewhere and, and so on and so on. As they improve that area, of, of course. Of course it is. That's of course what it is. That's what it is. They've even had the, the, the Israeli Defense uh, Army uh, helicopters down there. Had them for years. There's lots of videos up there on YouTube about that. So everybody's got a finger in the pie, as you pretend they're uh, upright and and, uh, conscientious and good standing and all the rest of it. Every single nation out there, folks, is involved in dirty dealings. That's how money is. And that's how it it runs the world. Now, Jordan War Games, it says Patriot batteries, F-16s, and and 4,500 U.S. troops are now near the Syrian border. Multinational military exercise called Eager Lion has been launched in Jordan amid condemnation from neighbouring Syria and its ally, Russia. The US brings Patriot missile batteries to the Syrian border, which could remain deployed afterwards. The exercise will last for 12 days, bringing together about 8,000 personnel from 19 countries, mostly Arabic, but also including the US and Europe. And the manoeuvres will involve some 3,000 Jordanian and 500 British troops. It's been conducted to only 120 kilometres from the Jordan-Syrian border, aimed at training personnel for the possibility of the Syrian civil war spilling into neighbouring countries. Russia has raised concerns over the deployment of US Patriot missiles, batteries and F-16 fighters' jets to Jordan, and says we have more than one stated our opinion on this. Foreign weapons are being pumped into an explosive region, the Russian Ministry Foreign Ministry spokesman Alexander Lukachevich said last week. So they're not stopping with the Middle East and they won't until they've fulfilled every country and knocked them off the map that used to be independent uh, that was drawn up by the PNAC group the Project for the New American Century and, and in conjunction with Israel too it was the same list they had that they wanted the US to knock out back in the 90s and we're still doing it. And this is interesting to, to an extent if you like to just reinforce what you already know but we know the big international corporations are, are, are just utter crooks, folks. And, I mean, you've got guys who clawed their way to the top. The good psychopathic types who end up as the top CEOs, remember? And backstabbing, doing whatever it takes to get to the top. And those guys never, ever age. It doesn't, it doesn't wear off them the older they get, you know? That's the odd thing about it. Power is an amazing thing to these people who crave it. But you find that this Hartel says not a drop Thames water corporation for the whole Greater London paid no corporation tax last year despite £549 million profit and, and receiving £5 million from the, the British Treasury at the taxpayer. The revenue soared to £1.8 billion as it hiked bills of hard pressed consumers by 6.7%. The chief executive, Martin Baggs, pocketed £724,000 in pay and bonuses. And yet bills soared in a year. Hundreds saw their homes flooded by sewage. And it says, so uh, the UK's biggest war company made the the, the profits as it hiked bills by an inflation-busting 6.7%. Understand that all these corporations were owned by the public at one time, technically held by the local councils on their behalf. And back in the 90s, they started to privatise them all. Uh, that's a standard thing. This is how the left wing and the right wing work together. During the 60s and 70s in Britain and 80s, you find that when when the labour guys came in, they they would nationalise something that had been sold off. And what they did by that was, since the other side had run these things into the ground, like like the rails, the railway systems, they'd run them into the ground without maintenance, then the use of taxpayers to nationalize it and then fund it back up to scratch. Then the next bunch would come back and they sell it off again. So back and forth like a ping pong ball and the public never figured it out. And it's the same thing with this going on too. You build up massive systems. Uh, your tax money pays for it all. You work out all the bugs in it and then they, they, they get, they sell it off for pennies to select important people pre-planned that way. Same with your roads and everything else. We're such smucks at the bottom, aren't we? But anyway, it says meanwhile customer satisfaction dipped in honey saw their homes flooded by sewage. Profits for the year in March were down nine percent last year, which company blamed on the freezing weather and rising level of debt during the economic downturn. You cannot privatise these things because the folk who get into it want max maximum profit. Maximum profit. And and once they're privatised, they've got you over a barrel. It's pure blackmail. Pure, same with their energy companies and else. Canada had good energy companies. They were technically owned by the public. Once they privatized them, the, the, the first letter you got said they were going to raise the, the cost of electricity 8% for, for up to 8 years running consecutively. Every year. That's going through the roof. Because then you've got shareholders, you see, and the shareholders aren't new anymore. And, and then uh, they, they maximize the profit by screwing you. Also, this article, too, it says a strong reaction from the Bolivian countries to Colombia's cooperation with NATO. So Israel is supplying uh, weaponry and so on and drones to Colombia and the free trade deal on the go. And the Bolivian countries and other countries next door to Colombia objecting to Colombia's cooperation with NATO as well. All the big boys are in it, folks. This is President Juan Manuel Santos' announcement over the weekend that Colombia will look for a cooperation of understanding with NATO on their invitation has irked the so-called uh, Latin American group of anti-imperialist countries, a moment when the relations between the neighbouring Colombia and Venezuela have hit a new low. Well, you see, the big boys who couldn't get their hands on the oil in Venezuela are now really poised to grab it all. You see now that the pre- last president's dead. That's the reason for it, folks. It's all money. Everything's to do with money. And riches and power I also tonight took up 20 completely ridiculous college courses Being offered at the US universities And folk wonder why they get massive debts to pay off And they can't get a job afterwards One is, what if Harry Potter is real? Appalachian State University That's a course God, Sex, Chocolate, Desire and Spiritual Path That's going to get you far in life Number three, uh, Gaga for Gaga, sex, gender, and identity. And then number four, Lady Gaga and the sociology of fame. Five, philosophy and Star Trek. Invented languages uh, clinging on and beyond. The science of superheroes. Learning from YouTube. Arguing with Judge Judy. What's that tell you about the general public? None of them are going to end up as big bankers, are they? Selling Economics. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back. Cutting into the metrics also with the big changes going on in the Boy Scouts and everything else because of the ongoing revolutions that are well-funded and sponsored and directed. Uh, this article came out too with the one well of the heads of the Boy Scouts in the U.S. And it's a PDF form, too, I'll put up tonight, and an article in the paper about them as well. And this man says, many scouting friends and so on, as well as others outside scouting, have asked me for my response to last week's national resolution, which will soon change the BSA's long-standing uh, policy prohibiting openly homosexual members. It says it took a, a full week after the vote to organise his thoughts and so on. And then it says, In late January, the National BSA's CEO and Cabinet of Executive Committee members began calling for a change in membership standards. This was a complete reversal of statements released just a few months earlier. And it says it became clear, uh, that these last four months the progressive values, progressive values in quotation marks, of the BSA and his, his biblical values were diverging. So he decided to resign regardless to the outcome of the vote because it lost trust and confidence in the movement's top national leadership. so each member of the National Key Three uh, has stated publicly that they believe homosexuality is morally wrong, but it's in their best interest of scouting to make the change, to allow openly homosexual. So just take a moment to let that sink in Morally wrong but As in, I believe it's morally wrong to steal from my employer But, or I think it's morally wrong to cheat on my wife But, but there is no buts if it's wrong If it's wrong, don't do it, period Take a stand, he says Don't cave into political pressure or corporate dollars And he goes on to do his own particular beliefs But he does say that the BSA is part of a, large, a larger cultural struggle this is the powerful pro-gay message representing only 2-3% to of the adult population in the US already controls print and television news media. Well, that's because there are big, big, bigger powers than that back and all. Hollywood actors, much of politics and resulting judicial appointments made by those politicians. Corporate America, their CEO's influence, plus their potentially huge corporate donations have also pressured BSA to change. Then a few large councils threatened not to comply with the old publicity, so the National Key 3, with no warning to the rest of us, began promoting the agenda. All 286 scout executives were called to gather in Dallas March, the first for policy change indoctrination, what we were to say and how we were to communicate it to our local constituents. And he says, that began a PR blitz, millions of dollars spent to force this on local councils. That's true, millions of dollars. However, councils across America would soon rise up against it, he says. And every council was instructed to survey their charter partners, donors and scouters. Three out of four regions recommended no policy change. Only the northeast region was pro-change. This was made clear to the National Exec Committee before the resolution was announced, yet they pushed ahead. Here were the other findings the BSA announced, and he gives them two. But the fact is, as I say, with the ongoing revolutions, most revolutions are cultural, remember, and incredibly radical too to utterly destroy the fabric the old fabric of the European basically culture that settled itself in Europe and it's still ongoing today and it's quite easy to find the culprits behind it I've gone through the Frankfurt School before and the fact that they wrote so many articles and books and so on to try to destroy the existing culture that they were welcomed into by the way as they all fled out of Europe to the US and Britain and immediately they got into the country, they started to try to tear it apart. And it's still ongoing today, folks. Radical change, that's how you get grants today. It's only when you promise your group is for radical change. From Hamish myself, Ron Canada, as good night me your God or your God's go with you.